Section 24 of The Book of Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mike Bodez. The Book of Wales by Frank Evers Bedard. Chapter 11 Anomalous Dolphins. Family Platanistidae. We can define this family by the following characteristics cervical vertebrae, all free, and individually of considerable length. Jaws long and narrow, with a considerable extent of symphysis and numerous teeth. Lacrimal bones not distinct from juggle. Pectoral limbs large. Phalanges of digits few in number. This undoubtedly ancient family of dolphin-like cetacea would be more easily definable if we could eject Pontoporia, which is very distinctly nearer to the true dolphins than are either of the following remaining genera, Platanista and Inia. This, indeed, is done by Gray, who does actually relegate Pontoporia to the dolphins, making a separate family for the two other genera, a family, that is to say, for each of them. Sir William Flower was content with urging the adoption of subfamily rank for each of the forms, Platanista and Inia, avoiding the placing of Pontoporia, which was not thoroughly known at the time when he wrote upon these forms as it is now. The genus Platanista may be thus distinguished from its allies. There is no dorsal fin. The pectorals are large and truncated at the extremity. Teeth not so numerous as in Inia some 29 in each half of each jaw. Scapula with the acromion coinciding with the anterior margin of the bone and a rudimentary coracoid process only. In the skull there are enormous maxillary crests. The most remarkable feature of the cervical region of the spinal colon is the independence and the comparatively great thickness of the individual vertebrae. There is a fairly strong marked odontoid process on the axis, a very rare feature in whales. The thoracic vertebrae are locked together in a way which is also peculiar to Platanista among whales. But the mode of attachment of the ribs is on the whole like that of Inia. The first seven of these are attached to the transverse process of their own vertebrae and to the centra of the vertebra in front. There are eight lumbar vertebrae. The sternal ribs, as in Inia, are cartilaginous. The sternum is not so modified as that of Inia. It consists of three pieces placed end to end, of which the middle one, at any rate, 
shows traces of its double origin by a suture running down it longitudinally. To the sternum four ribs are attached. The main peculiarity of the scapula, quite unique among whales, has been pointed out in the definition of the genus. As in Inia, the humerus is unusually long. The most remarkable feature in the skull, not even excepting the extraordinary maxillary crests, is the condition of the palatines. These do not enter into the formation of the bony palate, but are concealed by the pterygoids. Platanista gagentica, the species named by Lebeck, the long-snouted dolphin of the Ganges, is limited to that river and to its branches, and to the Indus and its branches. It appears never to leave the streams for the sea. Its food is chiefly fish and prawns, and it is believed largely to grub about in the river mud to obtain its food. The diminutive eyes render pursuit of an active prey at least difficult, but the whale makes up for these defective organs of vision, as is elsewhere the case in the animal world, by a sensitive beak. Drain has been found in the stomach of this dolphin, but Dr. Anderson believes that its presence is accidental and not deliberately caused by the dolphin. The most generally used vernacular term for this cetacean is susu. This and some of the other expressions used by natives in different parts of its range are onomatopoetic words intended to imitate the sound made during spouting. As everything that breathes seems to form the food of some tribe or individuals, it is unnecessary to state that the susu is devoured by many natives. The animal may reach a length of 9.5 feet, but it is not usually so large. As to the external characters, the most striking point which would be at first noticed is the existence of a distinct neck. Its long snout is curiously suggestive of that of the gavial of the same region of the world. The next genus, Inia, has only a rudimentary dorsal fin, but large ovate pectorals. The teeth have often a distinct additional tubercle. The maxillary crests are not largely developed. The palatines are separated in the middle line by the vomer. Scapula normal. This genus, like Platanista, includes but a single species. The genus itself is in some respects the most central type of the Platanistidae. It is much more undolphin-like than Pontoporia, but not so highly abnormal in the bulk of its characters as is Platanista. The skeleton of this whale has been described by Sir W. Flower from a specimen in the British Museum. The skull is very slightly asymmetrical, 
it is crested behind the nares, the vertex being formed by the frontals. There is no distinct lacrimal bone. The maxillae are narrow and excavated by the premaxillae in a way paralleled in Pentoporia, but not found among the dolphins. The palatines are separated from each other by the vomer, and the pterygoids are nearly in contact. The mandible presents a remarkable miniature resemblance to that of a cachalot. Its most remarkable feature is the great length of the symphysis. The vertebrae are very few, only 41 in all, which are thus distributed. C7, D13, L3, CA18 equals 41. The neck, as in Platanista, is particularly long, and for the matter of that distinguishable externally. This is due to the relatively great length and complete separation from each other of all of the cervicals, an uncommon state of affairs in toothed cetacea, but found in Platanista, Beluga, and Monodon. There is a faint indication of the odontoid process to the axis, more developed in Platanista. The dorsal vertebrae have high and erect spines. There are both anterior and posterior zygapophysis on the first nine. Anterior zygapophysis only on the tenth and eleventh. The transverse process begins to be divided into transverse process proper and metapophysis on the fifth dorsal. The former gradually move up towards the anterior zygapophysis, which they entirely supersede on the twelfth vertebra. The latter processes move down and become, on the ninth, fused with the process of the centrum to which the capitular head of the rib is attached. The arrangement of these tubercles and processes of the vertebrae is related to a singular disposition of the ribs, which is unique among cetaceans, and is more like that of the cachalot and Ziphi's whales. The anterior vertebrae have a process springing from the neural arch for the tubercular attachment of the rib. Between each two vertebrae, half on each, is a facet for the capitular attachment of the rib. In the fifth vertebra, the facet is confined to the anterior edge of the body of that vertebra. And therefore, on this vertebra, and those following each rib is solely attached to its own vertebra. As far as the seventh, each rib has a double attachment, but on the eighth or ninth, the two facets of insertion have, as already mentioned, coalesced. From this point, therefore, the ribs are single-headed. In having only three lumbar vertebrae, Inia is remarkable among whales. 
It is a point of likeness to the Sirenia. These vertebrae are compressed and ridged below. There seem to be 11 chevron bones. The ribs are 13 pairs. The sternal ribs being cartilaginous as in the Physeteridae. It is possible that only two pairs of these reach the sternum which will be, if confirmed, another small point of likeness to the Sirenia. The sternum itself is not unlike that of a manatee. It is a single bone, oval in outline, with a deep anterior notch. In the whalebone whales, the sternum also consists of a single piece. The scapula, unlike that of Platanista, is not aberrant, but conforms to the ordinary dolphin pattern. Both acromion and coracoid are long. The humerus is unusually long. A clearly unspecialized character, and longer than the radius or ulna, the reverse being the case in other cetacea. The hand has five carpels beside the pisiform. The formula of the phalanges is this, one, one, two, five, three, four, four, two, five, two. The teeth of Inia are from 104 to 132, the formula being 26 to 32 by 26 to 32. The teeth, as in Steno, are markedly rugose on the crowns. They also show a very important character. In the approach to the complex teeth of terrestrial carnivores, in the presence of a supplementary lobe to the hinder teeth. The only species is Inia geofrancis, with the synonyms Delphinus amazonicus, Spix and Martius, Inia boliviensis, Dorbini, D. Geoffrey, Desmarais. This dolphin frequents the Amazons and reaches an extreme length of 8 feet. It has a striking coloration, as well as a considerable amount of variability, which, it may be incidentally remarked, throws doubt upon other identification of cetaceans by color alone. According to the most recent observer of this species, Mr. E. E. Austin, it is either wholly pink or flesh-colored, or else entirely black or black above and pink beneath. Individuals of the different colors are to be seen in company, and it may be that the difference of color is sexual. The late Mr. Bates, however, denied that the two sets of individuals were intermingled. So the matter must be regarded for the present as unsettled. As to the color, it is remarkable that there are other examples of pale-colored river dolphins, e.g. Sotelia sinensis, 
a circumstance which must make us pause before accepting the view that the white hue of the Arctic beluga is protective in its nature. The rostrum of this dolphin is beset with scattered stiff hairs, and the dorsal fin is rudimentary, being reduced to a mere ridge. The native name of the animal is Buto, and there are legends to the effect that it will attack a man in the water, while the species of Sotelia, found in the same river, will endeavour to protect him, the two animals thus playing respectively the roles of the jaguar and the puma, according to Mr. Hudson. In any case, the natives fear the dolphin, and cannot be induced to harpoon it, nor will they use the oil for fear that it should bring them bad luck. It is curious that another river dolphin in quite another part of the world, the river pig of Canton, question mark, Sotelia sinensis, is, according to the Reverend H. Friend, looked upon as a creature of ill omen, and on that account its name is tabooed. There is also, according to the late Mr. H. W. Bates, a legend that this dolphin of the Amazons assumes the shape of a beautiful woman and perambulates the river banks. Meeting with an impressionable young man in that torrid region, and enticing him by the aspect of her long hair hanging loose at her heels, she inveigles him near the bank and disappears with him beneath the waves. It is stated that such legends, and they abound in the region, are not native at all, but introduced by the Portuguese. Professor Agassiz, also having, after some difficulty, secured a specimen of this dolphin, found that when it finally arrived into his possession, it was sadly mutilated by reason of the superstitious reverence that attached to its eyes and other parts of its anatomy. Genus Pontoporia, dorsal fin, falcate, teeth very numerous, over 200, articulation of ribs as in dolphins, sternum in two pieces, scapula as in inia, palatines separated in the middle line by the vomer. I retain this genus, of which the proper name is really Stenodelphis, but Pontoporia is so much more familiar, in the family Platanistidae, on account of its long and beak-like jaws, the numerous small teeth, and the general similarity of its nearly symmetrical skull to that of Inia. It was thus placed provisionally by Sir William Flower after an examination of the skull only. Since Sir W. Flower wrote, the late Professor Burmeister has described the other bones and certain of the viscera. The facts thus discovered are not so strongly in favour of the platanistid affinities of Pontoporia. 
but though it may be regarded as leaning towards the dolphins, there can be no great harm in leaving it for the present in the family Platanistidae. The seven cervical vertebrae are all free, as in other Platanistids. There are ten dorsal vertebrae only. Bormeister gives also seven lumbars and eighteen caudals, this bringing up the total number of vertebrae to forty-two. I find the same total number in a specimen in the British Museum, but allow only five lumbars, the rest being caudals. My enumeration must be accepted if we are to allow the presence of the first chevron bone to mark the commencement of the caudal series. This whale, therefore, is a dolphin-like in the greater number of the lumbar vertebrae, that is, of course, as compared with Inia. The sternum consists of two pieces which are ossified. Barmeister mentions a cartilaginous piece between. The hinder half of the sternum was divided longitudinally into two halves. The British Museum specimen appeared to be adult. There are ten pairs of ribs, of which I found the first three pairs to be double-headed. The ribs in this genus are not like those of Inia, but like those of dolphins. That is to say, the single-headed ribs suddenly begin, they lose their capitular attachment, and have only the tubercular, there is no fusion between the two heads, as in Inia. But other examples of Cetacea, C.F., Kogia, and Fisiter, teach us that this is not a difference of first-rate importance. Barmeister states that there are four ribs, i.e. four pairs, with a double attachment to the vertebral column. The scapula of this dolphin is normal in the region of the acromion, as in Cetacea generally but not as in Platanista. Four pairs of ribs appear to join the sternum, of which the last pair, however, are attached by a ligament only. The sternal ribs in front of this seem to be ossified. Barmeister distinctly states that they are. The skull of Pontoporia is very symmetrical as compared with other dolphins, its surface is very flat, not ridged behind the nares like that of Inia. The palatines, moreover, do not cover the vomer, a point of likeness to Inia. The symphysis of the mandible is long, and the teeth are estimated by Sir W. Flower to be as many as 221 in all. Pontoporia Blainvilli Gervais. As there is, so far as you know, but a single species of this dolphin-like platanistid, it is unnecessary and indeed impossible to give it a satisfactory definition. The color was stated by M. de Fremville, who brought home the original skull upon which the genus and the species were founded to be white with a black dorsal band. 
d'Orbigny described another dolphin which he thought, but without any evidence, to be the same species. As this evidence is wanting, it will be unnecessary to repeat his description. Mr. Lideke, on the other hand, has described it as a palish brown, harmonizing with the brown-colored water of the estuary of the Amazons and the Rio de la Plata. Extinct Platanistids More generic types have been described as belonging to this group of Cetacea than to any other, and it is furthermore remarkable as being the only existing group that goes back to the far past of the Eocene period. Indeed, apart from the Zuglodonts, these whales are the only ones that have so ancient a history. But, as is often the case, their remains are for the most part fragmentary, and not much of great importance has been or apparently can be deduced from their study. The restricted range of the existing Platanistidae is in the interesting harmony with the great antiquity of the race. It is so often the case that a rapidly dwindling group of animals consists of existing forms which occupy very limited areas. It is as if the long continuance of the types in question had rendered them partially effete and unable to cope with the changed conditions and new forms allied to themselves. In order to survive, they had to creep into corners where the tide of cetacean life does not enter. It is often held that the original terrestrial ancestors of the whales gradually adopted the marine life by first taking to rivers and then gradually passing through estuaries to the sea. It is alleged that these very platanistids, being largely fresh water in the range themselves, furnished such a proof of the way in which the ancestors of the whales changed to an aquatic from a land life. For they present, as has been pointed out, certain archaic points of structure and are fresh water in habitat. There is, however, no a priori reason why the original whale should not have boldly plunged into salt water at once without gradually accustoming himself to the change. For we have the sea otter as an instance of a land animal frequenting the waters of the sea, and furthermore, the remains of extinct platanistids are from definitely marine strata. The question, indeed, is one upon which guesses alone are possible. Seeing that the platanistids represented at any rate by the genus Iniopsis go back as far in time as the Zuglodonts, we might expect to find some approximation in structure between these two tribes, nearer than that which obtains between the Zuglodons and others. There are, however, so few apparent points 
at which the two groups touch that it seems necessary to look upon the two as independently evolved from some more ancient form, and to regard the zeuglodont type as having culminated in the later squalodonts, and then to have become extinct. There are, however, two genera assigned by Cope to the Platanistids, which approach zeuglodon in one point, and that is in the length of the cervical vertebrae. These are Zarakis and Priscodelphinus. This character, however, as it seems to us, is rather one that betokens antiquity than one which points in any particular direction. The general tendency of whales of every group to lose their teeth is exhibited in these old Platanistidae. The genus Rhabdosteus has teeth at the base of the maxillary only. In Agabellus, the teeth seem to have entirely vanished, leaving only an alveolar groove, which may perhaps have contained rudimentary teeth like those now found in the upper jaw of Physeter and Ziphides. Some other facts dealing with fossil members of this group will be found at page 209. End of section 24. Recording by Mike Botez.